Welcome to Franchise Killer, a podcast where we pick movie franchises or wannabe franchises, review them film by film, and see where things went wrong or All right. right. And that was, I like your gun. <laughs> that was the Fembot, right? No. That was the Fembot, Fem Terminator. No, no, that was Arnold. She's not a Fembot. Oh, that was Arnold? Yeah. <laughs> I like your gun. <laughs> see, they can imitate voices. Uh, yeah, the the famous Kristana Loken as uh, T3000? No, TX. TX. TX, that's right. I get all the models of these things mixed up. They're, yeah. No, what, what were the name of those little swivelly robots at the end of this? The, T1. T1. Was it T1? Mm. Good it's job, T- yeah, it's T1. I'm proud of you. Because it was one. Yeah, it was easy. One. It was the first one. And then T2 for the second one. Good one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm Reese. Across me we have David. I don't know what that was. <laughs> to his left, we have Irina, and to my right, I don't, I don't got a, I don't, I don't got, a I don't got a name. And when in John, da- John Connor, uh, that is not how he sounds either. That's but, how he uh, sounded to me. All right, also known That's as the second movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, uh, that was the second movie. That was pre-puberty. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sorry, I get him confused. Also known as uh, Noah. I did say it before, but but no, it got kind of overrun by voices. Yeah, so there was, there was a lot of laughing. <laughs> fair enough. And enhancing his bosom to get out of a speeding ticket, we have <laughs> AJ. <laughs> He's a man, baby. <laughs> and the movie we're talking about tonight, or today, or this morning, whenever you might be listening, is Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Everyone's favorite. I mean, some people like this movie. I don't know. Usually, you you reserve the everyone's favorite for a movie like that's t- t- widely known Mummy, as being terrible. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I'll go with it. Yeah, everyone's yeah. favorite Terminator Three, uh, two thousand three film came, uh, directed by Jonathan Mostow, the first one in the the uh, franchise to not be directed by James Cameron. Jonathan Mostow, no slouch either. I mean, he's not a James Cameron level, but he's directed some solid movies. Uh, Breakdown, U571, that's that submarine movie. Surrogates, it's a Bruce Willis movie. That one actually wasn't very good. And The Hunter's Prayer, which I haven't seen. I haven't heard any of those movies. Uh, Breakdown is a Kurt Russell movie. It's uh, really fun. It's like a 80s uh, kind of potboiler action movie. Mm. And U571, that's a, a sub... Sub-thriller. Submarine thriller. Oh, you know how much I love my submarine thrillers. Well, there's a time when it was... Just a lot of them were coming out. There was like Crimson Tide, Red Hawk, T- Red October, and this one. And I think... Uh, oh, Catherine- Das Boot. Yeah. By the way, rest in peace to that director, uh, Wolfgang Peterson. He just Why do you away. know this? Sorry. I just, <laughs> you just... You knew the director of Das Boot, and you knew that he passed away? He just I has guess. all of the film... Information, I mean, information. Wow. <laughs> We've talked about him and Das Boot film. in the context of Neverending Story before. Yeah, we did. Well, someone true. was just snoozing during that episode. Yeah. yeah. No, I I actually walked in on Irina watching Das Boot in preparation uh, <laughs> with years ago now. I don't always do preparation like that, but it's if I do, it's mostly because, oh, I've been meaning to see that anyway, so let's just throw it in. It's like when you watched Django, and then you went back and watched the original Django. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't even connected to that, though. There's that also different. a there's also a Catherine Bigelow submarine movie that came out in the 90s as well. I'm trying to remember what that one was. Catherine Bigelow, Juice Big, Gigolo, what was that? Juice Bigelow? Juice Bigelow, Did yes, that was it. say Gigolo? In the yeah. 90s? Well, no, there was a movie. That's the Adam Sandler movie. Oh, yeah, okay. see? Keep oh, thinking yeah. about Operation Petticoat now. It came out in 2002. It was a K-19, The Widowmaker. 
You have heard that, right? No. David. I mean, I've heard of the Widowmaker, but I usually that has more to do with your heart attacks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the movie Terminator Three stars Arnold Schwarzenegger once again. Uh, now this time featuring Nick Stahl, Claire Danes, and Kristana Logan, and it's written by John Brancato and Michael Ferris. And for those that are new to this show, on this podcast, we first go over our thoughts on the film before revisiting it for the episode. Then we dive into the story, break it down bit by bit, and talk about the more significant moments. Then towards the end of the show, we give our brief reviews and numbered scores, along with an analysis on the health of the franchise and whether or not this film hurt it. So, it's time to start with Noah, since you've had some time off. Uh, had you seen Terminator 3 before your prep for this episode? Don't know if I had seen it, but I know I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah. All right. Uh, Irina. Yeah, I had definitely seen this before, but I couldn't remember under what context I was watching it. So. And yeah. David? Oh, I definitely had not seen this. I uh, thought I would have. I feel like I have seen bits and pieces of all of them. I thought I did, and this one, nothing. Although, it really has the early 2000s earmarks. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. I think yeah. I'm maybe I'm going to enjoy this one more than you might think. AJ, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, it kind of rings bells, I guess. I mean, I remember the kind of somewhat forgettable main guy, but then this girl comes back in time and just wrecks stuff and lays waste to everybody around her. Mm. Yeah. Girl okay, cool. So you, you have some recollection of this movie. That also sounds vaguely familiar to another movie we have covered or will cover. Um, are you sure you are you sure you watched Terminator 3? Terminator? Wait, this is a third movie? Yeah. No, Edge of Tomorrow. God dang it, AJ! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, AJ watched Terminator, no, Edge of Tomorrow once again. Still caught, caught in that. Have we not gotten that far yet? Uh, nope, not no, quite. Keep track. Caught in that infinite loop. Uh, but ha had you seen Terminator 3? Yes, I had. Um, I watched the first three movies with my dad. I think, you know, I, I do have memories of the female Terminator to TX with the kind of polymimetic alloy transformation stuff. So I had seen it. Mm. And for my part, uh, I saw this movie not in theaters, but I remember it was one of the first R-rated movies that I owned. Like on a on, during Christmas, I got the the two Matrix sequel DVDs and Terminator: Rise of the Machines, and I kind of coveted them because I was it was still kind of not Ta taboo, not forbidden territory, but like close to it. It was like the oh, I'm I'm getting into the R-rated movies now, and yeah, so this was one of the first ones I actually owned. Uh, so it has kind of a special place in my heart in that regard. Even the Matrix sequels, like I, as much as people bag on them, I still kind of have this weird nostalgia for them. Just that era of R-rated sci-fi. So mm -hmm. I had seen it, and uh, at the time I I enjoyed it. So there you go. With that said, David, you want to give us that quick call to action? Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Franchise Killer Podcast, your favorite movie franchise podcast. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Probably not. But guess what? It's going to be starting right now. And if you do really enjoy listening to us, and especially for those of you who have listened and just continue listening, maybe go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review because you know that how important it is to us. We bring it up every episode. It's very important because it goes beep, boop, 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 beep, and then sends a Terminator to give us a five-star review. 
That's how wasn't it a very smooth way to incorporate Terminator into this call mm-hmm. to action? It's so smooth. Yeah. And so And if you've already given us a five star review, just go back in time, maybe grab some clothes while you're doing it and rate us five stars again. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to spam the algorithm and so far in vain it has not worked. Uh, but there was also we're also in other areas like Instagram. We're also on Twitter. We're on YouTube. So if you're interested in any of those platforms, check them out. Uh, also, tell a friend. Thanks. Yeah. All right, David. Right back to you with that plot for us. Mm-hmm. John Connor. It is time. There's a new Terminator. The TX. It is designed for extreme combat. It's faster, more intelligent, and more powerful. Oh my god! It has been programmed to destroy other cybernetic organisms. It was sent back through time for one purpose only. To kill us all. Several years after destroying Cyberdyne systems, John Connor has been living as a nomad following the death of his mother Sarah to hide from a malevolent artificial intelligence Skynet, despite a war between humans and machines not happening in 1997 as foretold. Unable to locate John in the past, Skynet sends the TX, an advanced prototype shape-shifting Terminator made of virtually impervious liquid metal, back in time to John's present in Los Angeles to instead kill his future allies in the Human Resistance. The Human Resistance sends back another reprogrammed T-800 Terminator, also might be someone we've seen before, a less advanced metal endoskeleton covered in living human flesh to protect the TX's targets, including John and his future wife, Kate Brewster. After killing other targets, the TX locates the pair at an animal hospital where Kate works. John becomes the TX's primary target, but the Terminator helps him and Kate escape, taking them to a mausoleum where John's mother is supposedly interred. Inside her vault, they find a weapons cache left after Sarah's request in case Judgment Day was not averted and the Terminators returned. They escape from an armed battle with the police and fend off the pursuing TX. The Terminator reveals that John and Sarah's actions only delayed Judgment Day and that Skynet's attack will occur that day. The Terminator intends to drive John and Kate to Mexico to escape Fallout when Skynet begins its nuclear attack at 6.18pm exactly. John orders the Terminator to take Kate and him to see her father, the U.S. Air Force Lieutenant General Robert Brewster. The Terminator refuses, however, when Kate demands to see her father, the Terminator obeys. It is revealed that in the future, the Terminator killed John, after which Kate had captured and reprogrammed the Terminator and sent him back in time. 
All right, so really long break between, or a gap between sequels here. We had uh, Terminator 2, or T2, uh, Judgment Day in 1991, and now we fast forward 12 years later uh, to uh, 2003. A new director, Jonathan Mostow, finally have uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. I think, and I know a lot, some of the criticism this movie gets is it just kind of does terminator 2 again for the first two-thirds of the movie mm-hmm. uh where it's kind of the same basic premise of terminator shows up starts hunting and it's a chase movie mm-hmm. uh, and then it kind of switches gears in the third third section we even oh. get the terminator coming back arnold schwarzenegger naked going to a bar again yeah so i want to ask y'all i want to ask y'all this but he's what, got oakley's this time yeah oh, what what is the acceptable or, or would you have done a would you have done it different with this long of a gap between movies, or do you think it was right to reintroduce audiences to this, like that familiar framework of a Terminator movie before pressing forward with additional sequels that are closer th- on this one's uh, f- tale? I think I mean, more people would have been upset by completely changing it than going with the original kind of framework for the show for the movie because. Yeah. Those that are showing up to watch it are like, oh, yeah, Terminator 1 and 2. I love those movies. Like, I'm excited for this. Yeah. If they sat in the theater and it's like, oh, it's the future and there's this yeah. big yeah. war. It, there's not enough buildup, mm-hmm. you know? You don't get well, to have those you know what, payoffs my... like you did before. Well, it's, those are, there's two options, right? So you have the this kind of movie where you cover the intermediary John Connor getting older and discovering himself, mm. or you jump straight to the future. There's it's... there's no other option, I think, yeah. writing-wise. I'll yeah. say this feels like a natural progression if you're trying to get back into the groove of Terminator, but then also progress the story a little bit. So he's, yeah. he's older and... We'll see. There are certain events that definitely feel like a point of no return kind of a scenario. <laughs> yeah, for me, this is a less less harsh than the than I was on the last series that I said this about. But that I think it applies being... to Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, uh, I think they should have stopped after two. Mm-hmm. On this one. On Terminator. Well, the thing is, if they were successful and James Cameron did it, you might be saying yeah. maybe they should have but stopped he, after three. But he didn't. He no, didn't do it. He did not. And this is what we have. And I'm not saying this is bad. Actually, I, I'm, I lean slight positive. It's um, like you wouldn't, you but, wouldn't be upset if this movie didn't exist. Yeah, as I would have preferred franchise. for, yeah. I would have preferred for two to be, you know, kind of the last one we see. There's got to be some lower movies in a franchise. Look, I mean, we had T1 and T2 were which were pinnacle of, exactly. of action box office. You don't have to have a low. Mm. I guess you don't have to, but I mean, like, if, I don't know, th- I would call this a success if people end up liking it, and if we end on the positive, I'd say that's not bad. Car- cards on the table, I I like this movie more every time I see it. Mm. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I I'm on really board. admire some of the things this movie does, and with some of the ways this franchise kind of spins its wheels with some of the other sequels and, and kind of drop the ball, mm. this one is a, for me, it is a I don't know. It just gets the job done. It is meat and potatoes, Terminator, uh, practical action, just fun Arnold one-liners, uh, cool concept. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not reviewing the film. I'm just like that's that's kind of mm-hmm. where I'm at with this one going forward. And I understand like why someone would want to end at T2 because T2 is the perfect movie. Yep. Yeah. But 
And this had an impossible task to follow. It's not James Cameron. It's not in his hands. But Jonathan Mostow, like, man, he came out swinging. This is it. like, I feel like this movie is confident mm-hmm. in what it is. And, and, well, and it's competent, too. I mean, it's they competent did. and confident. Yes. Um, we also have to remember the time frame that this came out with, you know. Yeah. It, movies in the 90s, they're, you know, the whole style and I guess philosophy of making movies. Yeah. Is different. Yeah. You're not building giant universes or multiverses oh. now. You do have some reboot element to appeal to the, the masses as well as, you know, the, the people who have seen it grew up with the, the originals as well as bringing in new crowds. Yeah. I kind so of you have the, the level of familiarity as well as the new. So, yeah. I, I kind of equate it to uh, Mission Impossible 3, which I think came out around, I think that was maybe a little later, 2006. It was not 2008. It couldn't have been. Mission Impossible Three. I'm just saying. I remember seeing it in theaters at a an, at a uh, a drive-in theater with Iron Man. Well, you can original. check and be wrong. I mean, I'm just rem- <laughs> I'm just telling you that's what I saw. It was a double feature. It was Iron Man and Mission Impossible Three. It couldn't have been. Well, it couldn't have been out there. <laughs> it couldn't time. have been, David. <laughs> no, I believe you, I believe you saw those two movies together, but it couldn't have been. But Mission Impossible Three was like a okay, reset the table back to basics. 2006. Like, so yeah. <laughs> well, well, 2006. You can say it louder. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible. Um, <laughs> this mission is impossible. But yeah, I, I but I, I'll just say that it's not a perfect movie, but it is, it's like the best you could get after following a perfect movie, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, it does. Like, if you took a random director and, like, you have to follow up James Cameron and make a really, really high intense blockbuster action movie, like, they didn't fail. Yeah. Like, definitely did yeah. not fail. It's yeah. definitely decent. I, I'll i say it's decent. I don't it, think it's a great rendition, but it's it, decent. It, well, can, you hate movies that have to follow up, like, No, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. No, I know. I know. I know yeah. that. I'm just saying, like, you always rate movies after masterpieces harder or harsher. Yeah, let's, let's let AJ speak. What was that, well, AJ? I wanted to just delve a little bit deeper on what David just touched on is, you know, director to director, the shift here, you know, Filling in the footsteps of James Cameron we talked about, but let's say someone didn't listen to our last episode covering T2. What are some highlights of the, I think, guerrilla filmmaking is the term you used of T2 that make it James Cameron's hallmark? And then what do we have here with this director? So while I think, here's the thing. I think James Cameron actually did things that were put people in danger. He sure did. Yeah. Uh, with the helicopter going under the bridge, stuff like that, daring stuff. I think this director looked at that and said, how can we make this look like it was very dangerous to do, but not actually be dangerous? Uh, all right. I'm going to say they, st- I looked into some stuff. They did yeah. some dangerous stunts on this. That, the, I think the, the chase sequence in this act- this movie down the street here, that's we're watching it right now. It's about to start is hands down the best action sequence yeah. in the whole series. Yeah. It is so cool. And, and, if you got into it, I did. Yeah, tell me. Tell all. So, so the, all right. Well, let's break down what's going on in this action sequence, shall we? So, by cur- the way, oh, we should set up how we get here though first. Oh, should uh, we? Well, yeah, I would think so. Yes. So two two Terminators. You know the story. They're after <laughs> they're after John Connor. John Connor's a junkie now. Uh, he's in his I want to say mid twenties maybe, uh, and he has he's living with a kind of heavy heart because he is the person that is meant to save the world, but now that future doesn't exist, so he feels like, what's my purpose in life? So he's living off the radar in fear that at some point 
any point, a Terminator could be sent back to get him. He just doesn't know. So he's super depressed. He uh, get jump. He uh, breaks into a uh, veterinary clinic. Yeah, veterinary clinic. Thank you. Who where uh, Kate Brewster works and he's stealing drugs. She catches him because she's called in to do something late. And uh, then enter the new Terminator, the TX. Uh, fires her gun. Uh, has a lot of cool. Uh, she's kind of a mix between the T1000 and the T800, except you know, she has like a gun arm, and she can like hack into vehicles and stuff. Uh, and and then, shapeshift. Yeah, and right as she's about to kill them, the the new uh, our Arnold comes in in a truck, slams her into the wall, and uh, drives has a puts throws a John Connor in a, in a car, and uh, Kate Brewster in the car says, "Get out of here." Uh, she then hacks the vehicles, leaving uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or the T-800, and the chase ensues. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets on a bike Yes, off to the races. There, there's a crane. There's a car chase. We got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So go ahead, David. Sorry to set you back yeah. there. Yeah, no worries. So currently, w- this scene that we're talking about, the, the crazy action sequence, is the chase scene. Arnold's on a police motorcycle chasing down um, John and them, and... There is a big, big crane, and eventually, uh, the was it uh, Schwarzenegger gets on the crane. He's a T eight hundred. T eight hundred. Yes, the T eight hundred gets on the crane and is swung around, and there's lots of vehicle flips, and he gets slammed through buildings. There's a whole thing, um, but also lots of funny sound effects, which I tr- I couldn't find anything on that. Um, but there's some way dramatic sound effects. Well, it was like ASMR emphasis on the sound <laughs> Squeaky effects. Squeaky sounds, like yeah. It, yeah, it's comical almost. Um, by today's standards. But what I thought was interesting was that a lot of this was practical, like way more than I thought. Yeah. Um, and they did a really good job, I think, of blending the practical with CG because there's balance of both. But Arnold was talking about how he remembers like the day for shooting this just constantly hanging from a crane. I was like, wait, he was actually <laughs> hanging? And it, it shows the, the person driving the crane thing driving pretty freaking fast. And sure, he's not dangling over the road, but he's still holding on to it. Yeah, like, he probably has back. a harness too, but yeah. still. It, yeah. I mean, it looked pretty yeah. crazy. And then whenever <laughs> they, they did the building sequence where they slam him while he's hanging through the side of a building, um, I was like, okay, that's where the CG cuts in, right? And, you know, no. They built a full-blown building with fake glass and all sorts of stuff, and they drove that crane through that building with a stunt person hanging from the crane. That's kind of... And I... Just to to be specific, this is a mobile crane, not a tower crane. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's driving, so it is definitely mobile. Just in case no one's seen, or people haven't seen it, try to visualize it. Yes, it is a crane on what looks to be some sort of like 18-wheeler. And but it slams, you know, the crane through a building and the stunt person like I had to keep going back to like I was like, is there a person on that? <laughs> and then you, they come out the other side and it's a bunch of, you know, British people, I guess, working on this set. I, don't, I guess I'm assuming they're shooting in London. Yeah. But it's like, <clears throat> oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun getting to build out all this set and just destroy it. And uh, being on a stunt double is a lot of fun getting slammed through buildings. And That's I was exactly like, how they wow, sound. don't don't at me. They, you, you're gonna get some rude email. No, I'm just gonna say though, outside of the U.S., the U.K. is our biggest listening country. So there you go. Sorry. Yeah, yeah like, I hate the misrepresentation. So, I'm bad. Look, look, they don't hate uh, Dick Van Dyke for his accent in oh, Mary they, Poppins. There are a lot of people I, that do. Oh. I think one of my favorite touches in this action sequence, though, is just the acknowledging like how much a Terminator weighs and how much force it can have on a, on other objects. Like he's hanging from this crane and he like, 
the crane like swings into a uh, an ambulance and he hits the ambulance. The ambulance just topples right yeah, over. It's a cannonball. Like it's he is yep. he is basically a cannonball, and only a Terminator would be able to withstand a chase like this. And you just believe it. I also love the dropping the crane into the manhole yeah, and then smart. just the whole upturning of the into. It's such a satisfying. Yeah. So if you're know. if you're having trouble visualizing this whole scenario, you could probably just like tapity tap on YouTube and find all of the action scenes for T3. Oh yeah, it ha- this has to be on <laughs> this there kind for of thing sure. Floats your well, boat. and I would yeah, say specifically type tapity tap. It'll pull right up. There's a there's a really good um, behind the scenes they did for T3. I'm assuming because of T1 and T2, which they did behind the scenes for as well, but. They did a really in-depth job of behind the scenes on this one, so it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, also, very dated. It's like, yep, that's early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole, they have a breakdown of the crane sequence. They have a breakdown of the car flipping, and that is fully CG. Yeah. And this is back when, is this 2003, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is um, when they were just starting to get good at doing recreations of vehicles and CG and they would have like a fully simulated sequence. They would show it to the studio. They would have to approve it. Then they would fully render it and add things in. And for this time period, I would say this holds up. Like yeah. it's pretty oh, it good. Does. Yeah, special effects are great. This one and to a slightly lesser degree, the fourth one are the last ones in the franchise that still feel like very tactile. Like I like I feel like I it, this is a world I could walk yeah. around in. Oh, definitely. Um, but I do want to come back to uh. Our John Connor here, he's played by, name is escaping me. Um, Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Sorry, Nick Stahl. Yeah, I want to go back to Nick Stahl and uh, his portrayal of John Connor. This is one of those cases where I feel like the performance is good, but he's playing a, a character that I don't like. If mm-hmm. like, but it also seems like the natural progression from the John mm-hmm. Connor of the first movie, the one who never went on to become a hero because that future never happened. Uh, I don't know if y'all agree with me on that. I actually do. Yeah. But here's the thing: I could just never see him as the the man of the people. Yeah, it's just there's just something about the way he's he lacks charisma. Here. He doesn't have. Yeah, he does not have what it takes. I think he needed more opportunities in the movie to showcase his yeah. leadership yeah. skills, you yeah. know, and he, he never really gets much of that, if at all. Yeah. AJ, how about you? Mostly on the positive with you there. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like it was a pretty good uh, transition from him as a boy to him as a young adult, kind of wandering right. without any guidance. And it was also... Lowering him a peg a little bit allowed for him to have the character, um, the love interest, his future wife and partner in, you know, kind of learning to lean on people. You know, he didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to lead, but I, I definitely can believe where he's at in this movie. Yeah. And I thought the performance was was suited for it. And yeah, I'm going to keep going to bad for this movie. I think it does some fascinating things like as a sequel to T2, like the theme of like, what if you knew you were going to be the hero that saves the world, but you stopped that horrible future and now you are good for nothing? Mm-hmm. No one knows anything of what you were destined to do. Like, wh- what does that do to your brain? You know, right. this like, guy could be, you know, a junkie or, you know, a drunk trying to escape his future. Right. And, you know, substances or whatever. And we don't see that. 
you know, he's on a rough path because he's just kind of wandering and lost, but, yeah, you know, he could be much, much worse. Yeah, he's essentially in, he is essentially the uh, Sarah Connor of this movie in, yeah. in the sense that no one ever knew what was going to happen. Sarah Connor, she went in a different direction. Yeah. She went to the, uh, the, uh, Oh my gosh! Insane asylum? Yeah, the as- it wasn't as an asylum. It kind of. Oh, I'm pretty it was sure like, it was. It was, it was a, a mental, mental facility. Or that's something. what they call. Yeah, let's go to a mental those. institution. Yeah, but I love the that. two. I love the two different approaches of mm-hmm. like, oh, th- so no matter what, it's gonna f you up in the head. She went off that way, and yeah. he like she was like, I'm just gonna toughen up, and yeah. hopefully once I get out there, I can just knock some stuff out. And his approach is like, all right, I'm just gonna be a sad sack. And uh, and stay <laughs> so, and, and stay off the radar. The like thing, that, that's his approach. Yeah, the thing that's different is that I think Sarah Connor had a direct goal, and she had initiative for that goal. And his, it's almost like his felt resolved early mm-hmm. on. So in my mind, his character almost comes across to me as like a child actor or someone that made it big early in their life. And now they're trying to figure out what they're doing. So he, the thing I liked about this actor or the way this character was written is that there's a distinct difference between John Connor and Sarah Connor. And Mm -hmm. she is very, not apathetic, but she's determined. Actually, when we talk about edge of tomorrow, Rita Vrataski is very similar where there's, you're thinking of the whole picture at all times and yeah. you have no no room for error. You can't really connect with people because you just you just can't. It'll slow you down. Yeah. But the thing I liked about John in the second movie that seemed to carry here is that he has humanity. Mm-hmm. Like he he sees people on an individual level whereas his mom would kind of like just charge yeah. ahead. So I like, like, even in this, he's carrying around a paintball gun, mm-hmm. going back to his original. Like, he's never intended Yeah, he's like, I never want to hurt people. I don't want to hurt anyone. And kind of goes back to T2 when he requested that the Terminator never kills yeah. anybody. So, yeah. Yeah. He I, never they lost those core that. values. Yeah. yeah. I like that they kept those details with building his character. I agree. I hadn't even thought about that with a paintball. I also really like the idea of, oh, if the Terminators have, like, John Connor's done a good job of just staying off the radar so they can't track him back in time, and instead now they're going, like, after all of his lieutenants and generals. Like, I love the idea of her mission is, okay, well, we'll just take down everything, everyone below him, just collapse the house of cards from under him. Right. And what a cool setup. When she gets into the veterinary area and she tastes the blood... And it's like the one time she like actually shows an emotion when I know they're not supposed to, but yeah. I kind of right. like it because it's like, oh, this wasn't even my mission, and I just and randomly I found, stumbled yeah. into John Connor. Yeah, yeah. I, she's like, on high alert. Yeah, yeah. I, that actress did way better than I thought based on just like reading the cast list. Yeah, I mean, other than Schwarzenegger, th- she, this is like a I, I have never heard of any of these. She people. was she, she did a, good. Yeah, she did a lot of work preparing for this. Uh, and she I was know she's phenomenal. Not, actually, yeah, she's I not well say. known now, but she did. She was like high, did a highly regimented. Uh, yeah. I don't know, training to be very intentionally intentional in her movements. And right. and she kind of took after the same thing that Arnold did, which was move less, 
you're conserving energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your movements are very, I don't know. Well, she also like, she, she yeah. leads with her head before yeah. her body turns in yeah. that direction, you know? And this is yeah. Kristana Loken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the, she did a great job. This role could have easily been really stupid. Yeah. Like I, I, the way it's presented, your instincts, knowing that this was in the two thousands, are uh oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right. But and and I had an uh oh moment when I first saw this movie for the first time. Yeah. And I guess we all know the whole boob. Uh, enhancing yeah. scene. Yeah. They did not start off great. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. But everything after that, it, not, it didn't reek like, at all. It, of I, yeah. The misogyny. So, yeah, yeah, the movie does so good of setting her up is like, at first you're like, oh, it was hot, hottie, hottie. Yeah. Early yeah. 2000s but, misogynistic But it immediately kind of goes to like, her having yeah. these brutal shootings yeah. of yeah. like, oh, she's going to this drive through. Are you such and such? And then just bam, bam, just, bam. I, yeah. It almost the, felt like fan service in the beginning. They're like, all right, we're going to get this out of the way. And she's going to be badass the rest of the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she was. So yeah. the the thing I like about her and with any movie you watch, you can always tell what era it's from based on the women's clothes. Oh, very easily. But um <laughs> I, I actually remember since I watched this a while back that I thought her outfit was very iconic in my mind. It's recognizable and I always remember it's like, oh yeah, it's kind of like those early 2000s track suits and then like the whole leather suit well, get up and also where think it's all of, the same color. Think about what Arnold wore in the first two yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, he wore leather. Like it's consistent. I also, so I like... <laughs> This is one of those movies where you think, oh, just an action film, but you actually do realize there are a lot of details. So like in the detail of constructing her character, her hair is slicked back uh-huh. and pulled into a bun. It's like that is the most efficient way to wear it. Yeah. If you're going to be trying to kill people, uh-huh. and basically take out your enemies. So like I, I just like the attention to like what would this person look like? And that outfit is just you already seem kind of like a a rich woman like mm-hmm. it's very paris hilton and stuff like that so <laughs> i don't know it's uh it's a very interesting design choice because at the time that didn't seem threatening you know that yeah. like that's just how women wore clothes but like it or hate like if you like this movie or hate this movie there you can't deny there is people who are competent and cared about making this movie yeah. i think yeah. that they whether or not it succeeded fully you know, not everyone's going to make a movie and succeed. It happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was passion in this, I think. I, I Yeah. I think the Terminators, though, are the best part of this one, as usual. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think she did an excellent job. And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger kept up his same uh, role as he did from the previous. I don't think he's diminished at all. I mean, th- may- maybe later they add a little, a little bit of emotion that I don't know that he would have lands yeah i i think i know but, i know what you're talking about but uh other other than that though he's still busting a move same he's as still always busting a move. <laughs> so at this point how old is arnold like 50 like probably yeah mid 50s around there man he like he is in good shape maybe he might even be a little younger i'm not sure i don't want to do the math right now i know he's 75 right now so well let's subtract 20 yeah he's gonna he's gonna easily be at least uh, he's 50 40s, to 50 or sorry 56 56 yeah um, I think technically he's like negative 20 in this movie <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah, true I think you're right uh oh. yeah um I like that the the Terminator in this one despite except for at the end they don't try to do the whole song and dance of mm-hmm. uh, uh John Connor 
you know, oh, let's get you to smile. Let's get you right. to do all yeah. these yeah, things again. Yeah, we've done that before. It is, this is a, you can tell and you figure out later that this Terminator does not have a lot of time. And they're like, we have a yep. job to do. And uh, and once they reveal that it's like, oh, it's like an hour until Skynet happens or whatever. You don't right. know it at this point. But this Terminator, while the humor is still there, it's more of a like mission set go. Where yeah. I'm getting this. I don't talk and, to the hand. <laughs> Yeah, I actually love that that too with that strip club. He's like, talk to the hand. Well, I like I like when he pulls out the the star sunglasses, puts yes. them on, and like <laughs> crushes him. Well, it holds for a second, and then he just takes it off and just it's smashes like, it. Yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, Fifty four as hell as he was in this movie. Wow. wow, wow, looks good. And he had to get back into shape too. I heard that he had to go back on a regiment, and uh, I believe he was working out with Kristana Loken. And she was talking in interviews about how, like, she'd be working out and see him, like, working out harder. And she was like, all right, I can do this. I just got to keep going. Like, it motivated her to, like, be better. And cool. Arnold had a lot of positive things to say about her, too. I mean, he was very impressed with yeah. the way she portrayed No, they, the they did a they did a really good job, which is, you know, why. Well, okay. The other two, they did okay. Well, the, the, the guy, I, John Connor did okay. Uh, the girl's acting, I wasn't entirely sold Oh, you mean Claire on. Danes? Claire Danes. Oh, I liked her. I liked her more than John Connor. There was a, there were a couple of kind of cringe moments. I think she acts um, appropriately, like, incredulous about what is happening around her. Like, here's where I will level with you. Mm, it just wasn't she, she gets over her boyfriend or engaged. Oh, okay. <laughs> really, <laughs> I forgot about that. Really quickly. Yeah. Like, did you see him, though? Yeah, no, he wore his baggy clothes. He was going nowhere. She, she's quick to jump on the John Connor train after like the midway point of this movie. But I think up to this point, she is a very good audience surrogate of like what is happening. He, like yeah. this is just the there, most insane I night. Have one ever. specific scene that I just thought was stupid. Okay, what is it? And it's when they're in the back of the truck, and he's like, "Dude, we totally hooked up," and she's like, "Well, yeah, but you know." Yeah, well, I thought that was cool backstory because I don't know. It's again, I think it's like style of the times. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and it honestly sets them up as is. It shows that they have just enough history, but not too much. Yes, where you agreed. could believe that they like oh, maybe okay. it was. Which, it was not. It was not the idea that that happened. It was execution. The execution of yeah. like like how they were acting in that mo moment to me was so wooden. And unnatural. I, I think, honestly, I truly believe That's the issue has more to do with John and the actor playing John Connor. Maybe you're because right, I, yeah. how is she going to reflect yeah. if he's not giving her enough? And I always thought, I know Crazy. you guys like the the person playing John Connor. Uh, I already forgot his name. I don't really like just something Stall. Nick Stall. Nick Stall. I think we we talked more about the how how his actor. Or not his actor, the but character. his character was written. Basically. I, he's acting the role properly, yeah. but the the role that he's supposed to be doesn't right. seem well, like John. Connor. This is where what I, is he supposed to be in your opinion? This is where I differ. I like the character. I dislike the performance. Really? Yes. And I and look, I am I'm the positive opposite. on this. I know. I know. I'm I'm probably on the end where most people don't agree with. Mm -hmm. There's just something about his performance that I just didn't care for. I like the route they chose. Mm -hmm. So I think, and that's more important because mm -hmm. I could buy the movie because of it. But yeah, I feel like it just made it more difficult for Claire Danes to act in some yeah. scenes because they mm -hmm. just they didn't have the chemistry I was looking for. 
Like, I don't think they had chemistry, but that doesn't mean they both aren't good actors. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Nick's fine. I just didn't care as much in this movie about his acting. I agree that the chemistry is not there, but I think the movie addresses that, too, where they're in the car together and, you know, they've just learned that they're, like, husband and wife in the future. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> she's yeah. like, you're a mess. And like, I love not, that. Like, yeah. attracted to you. I love like, that. And. And he's like, you're not exactly the, the, my type. The story-wise, I and that's why I I, I kind of agree and disagree with you, Noah, because in yeah. that scene in the back of the car where they're kind of awkwardly discussing the fact that, like, they were married and he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I, we're married in the future. And she's like, eh, okay. I'm I pretty sure that's not what he Yeah, says, how are you supposed to react like to that? that? You know, yeah. you're destined, like, you yeah. don't have a way out of <laughs> yeah. it almost. Yeah, and the fact is they both kind of played it off well, which is awkward because like if somebody told you like, Oh, this is your future wife and you don't really care for that person in the moment. You're like, okay. Yeah. All right. Irina, what are your, what are your thoughts on all this? Oh, um, it's not so much with chemistry or anything. Cause that's, I think there's enough of that there that it doesn't matter. Cause you know, these people pretty much just met, even though they know mm-hmm. each other. Um, this is an action film. Like, that's a problem for a future date, you know? Like, this mm-hmm. for the purposes of the film right now, I don't really care that mm-hmm. there isn't enough connection or whatever. But I do think I am I am picking up on what seems to be the problem with the two. And I think it's just that John Connor gets overshadowed a lot yeah. in this mm-hmm. movie. A lot. Yeah. It's all of the characters are so big and strong and his character is a little more on the subtle kind of meek um, meek side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what's happening where if you were to take him away from the others mm-hmm. and just focus on him a little bit, there would be things that shine out more to you. But everything else is just so big that yeah. he's he kind of gets neglected. It's but, funny, like at the end of this movie, um, spoiler for the end, when they figure out that, oh, the bombs are dropping and he, and someone has to pick up the phone and talk to them. At that point, I'm like, it would all, all, honestly maybe make more sense if uh, Kate Brewster picked up that phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Because uh, you, you don't quite believe that he's in that hero yeah. position quite yet. Mm. To, yeah. But I get it. Like, he's still like, oh, maybe this is, I need to step up. It's like, this is um, my time. I need to take action kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's It's just all, here's what it is. How can a person with his track record, you know, for uh, just any given situation, I know he's proactive in wanting to save the world, but he never, like, commands the scene. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, and it, and I know that's really hard to portray in a movie, probably, and really hard to do, especially with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a lead, but... That's what you want to see in the literal savior of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to, you need to be able to see, like, okay, this person can reliably save the world. You, you, ha- that's a high bar. Mm-hmm. You, you got to show some of that, that's, right? Like, yeah. And they don't really, they don't really do that. They have him kind of, you know, just be a, a stick in the mud, kind of like a wishy washy. Yeah. Can I say no, he's got to get, he's got to, get the balls going i i don't know why i'm comparing these two but i think he would have made him a, a better uh anakin skywalker in the pre- okay oh, it's funny you bring that up because i was thinking the same thing you i are? was well i was thinking there's a comparison between okay i think well of, they're both destined characters that know they're yes. they were they're like there's destiny or whatever and, and was that Hay- hayden christensen hayden christensen yeah yeah and 
Um, another third person, which I, I was making this comparison when we watched the first time, Reese, I know you disagree with me, but we're going to throw it to the audience, which is, I think that Paul Walker would have been a you better John. You for Paul Walker. I'm just saying, dude, I will simp for Paul Walker <laughs> a better day. A better John Connor. Yeah. My, no, my problem Both. with, with oh, Paul okay. Walker, my problem with Paul Walker is he's just a little too... California but no, surfer, but he has the charisma. No, no. I suggest we table this and move yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, ah. we should. We've been on Nick Stall for way too long. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to the next action sequence we have here, which is at the uh, cemetery. They've been on this little road trip after this big, I don't know, that big uh, crane action sequence, and uh, they're getting to know each other. We kind of all talked about that. She's one of the lieutenants or the general or she's like his wife he's the commander of the army whatever and she's taking this all in and they go to this location where they figure out sarah connor has passed away and she left a whole bunch of ammunition in her casket for them to pick up in the case of like something which that is so sarah connor nice it's a nice inheritance (laughs) (laughs) thanks mom and then we have our equivalent so i i do like to compare this movie to t2 this action sequence is the equivalent to where they are breaking into uh the uh, cyberdyne systems and then the uh all the authorities and the police like it's a hold up they stick them up by outside of the the uh the building but in this case it's a a cemetery and they have a big old shootout and much like in T2 uh, we get that reference after Arnold comes out with one of the coolest visuals him with a casket over his shoulder and a oh, gatling yeah. gun in the yes. other hand and just like shooting them all down and then it says zero casualties at the end of it uh, so must have meant they programmed that into the Terminator going back to like hey don't kill unless necessary whatever I don't know it, it was just a nice little reference to T2 uh, the TX comes onto the scene. Uh, she impersonates uh, the husband or the husband or the engaged to be for uh, Kate Brewster, kills him, and then hijacks a, a cop car very brutally by going uh, impersonating the husband. And this was one of the awkward scenes where <laughs> my problem with this scene was the cops are like, they knock on her door and they're like, well, your wife is missing or something. And uh, at this point, the TX has already assumed the the identity of her now dead husband, and he just fiance. looks like fiance. yeah, fiance, and he just looks like a serial killer. And if you've listened to any true crime or know how this goes, the husband is the or the significant other is the first suspect, but the cops are just like, oh yeah, and he's like, they're like, yeah, where where could she be? And he's like, I uh, I don't know, but I can I can help you find her. Like it's like. It's like, sir, can we please investigate the apartment? Yeah, that would be what actually happens. It's like, can we take a look around? Let me finish cutting these letters out of the magazines here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that part aside, I do love the kind of brutal killing of that the driver with the, the hand through the Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that was surprising. Yeah. That uh, actually caught me off guard. Yeah, pretty brutal. Uh, and yeah, then the TX gets involved in this whole action sequence. Uh, her arm, her gun is damaged after uh, the main characters elude her, or, or she's like jumped onto the back of their vehicle, and he goes under, or uh, uh, the T eight hundred drives under a eighteen uh, wheeler, thus kind of knocking her off and damaging her mm-hmm. uh, weapon. And then <laughs> we have this funny scene where the guy from the eighteen wheeler gets out, and goes to check on her, and he just sees her like standing there with a flamethrower, just like 
torching this tree. <laughs> yeah. And he just like turns around. He's like, um, okay. never mind. She's fine. We're out of here. Yeah. Um, we catch up with the T-800, Kate Brewster and John Connor at a, they need a new vehicle and they're going to hijack maybe one of the least efficient vehicles you could hijack, but whatever. Uh, it's a camper. And they learn that from the T-800 that uh, Judgment Day is actually only, I think, three hours away yeah, is what they said. Yeah, we've got three hours. Which, what a cool reveal for me. Is like, no, it is yeah. a cool reveal. Like, oh, you, you can't stop it. There's, no, it's coming. It's like, there's no happy ending. Of course, at this point, you think like, oh, they're, they're going to figure something out and stop it. But that's the, that's the coolest part about this movie is that, no, they don't stop it. But yeah, you, they learn that Judgment Day is three hours away, and we also... We've known this, but they learned that or that uh, Brewster's father is in, is responsible for activating Skynet, and she's like, "Oh, we gotta save him. We gotta go. We gotta go." And they calculate that, "Oh, we can actually we can maybe make that." And the T eight hundred doesn't want to do it at first, but John Connor like holds a gun to his head and says, "I will terminate myself." And uh, in a cool moment, the T eight hundred just like I I estimate a. 20% chance of you, or an 80% chance of, by the dilation of your eyes, I estimate 80% Basically, chance you're not going to do gonna this. Basically, you're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Shit. But he's still, like, there's still enough risk there that he agrees to uh, make it happen. Well, isn't that when they find out that Kate can actually tell him what right. to do, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was like it was ultimately her, and that's when they find out that, oh, since I sent you, it, you're programmed to just listen to me. Yeah. And I think we're caught up with the plot there, but I do want to talk about some of these moments. What did y'all think about the second big action sequence here and the these big plot revelations? Uh, do, uh, or, uh, did we talk about Kate much at all, or the actress? We did. Uh, we we yeah, we touched on okay. her. If you want to talk more about her, we can. No, yeah, I just, yeah, we kind of. I don't know over. if we talked about her through the other characters or her directly. I can't remember. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of through the other characters, but yeah, we'll we'll probably keep bringing her up as we go too. Yeah, she gets a significant moment mm -hmm. here later on. Yeah, well, uh, she's the new Sarah Connor. I, I, would I think say. what I want to say about the action sequences is that I find the locations they happen at to be very memorable because yes. I always remember the cemetery scene. So I, I want to commend this movie for that because we had our one big kind of like urban. Um, shootout, drag out, yeah. chase, whatever. A vehicle sequence. But I always enjoy when action films take it kind of out to either the country or just some location that nobody sees yeah. a, a fight take place. Yeah, so. it happens sometimes. They'll have like farmhouse action. Yeah. Like this one's like, no, let's yeah. do a cemetery. Cem yeah. And I think I think that was great. So I, I liked that scenario. Yeah. What did y'all think about the reveal of Skynet? It's happening in a few I hours. I had actually forgotten. So I got to enjoy that. A little surprise again. I got to witness it for the first time. Yeah, and and I was like, "Oh shit! Like, the world's <laughs> yeah. about to end." What? Yep, yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought it was a good reveal. I thought yeah, that no, like the good, stakes went one. from being like eh to being like, oh, like we got to get this figured <laughs> eh. out now. Yeah, eh to oh. And I thought that that moment's crucial too because it's where this movie begins to be. Whereas it's done a different twist on what T2 was, it now becomes its own thing. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the mission is slightly different now. Yeah. Um, this I, is a little bigger now. It's yeah. actually to get you to safety. 
Yeah, yeah actually, actually, exactly. actually, which is cool. Like the, my mission, they learned that his mission is I'm getting you to a bunker. Yeah, like that is the programmed yeah. mission in yeah. in his head, not to mm. stop Skynet. Uh, yep. Pretty cool. Uh, AJ, any any thoughts on any of all this? Yeah, I you know like the location we talked about. I mean, as a, whenever I saw this, the age I was at, I was always kind of intrigued by the concept of like Cheyenne Mountain and NORAD, Strategic Air Command, all that stuff, and this kind of like touches on all that. Um, what were your interests and, as a child? Quantum mechanics. Well, I find that stuff interesting too. It but is interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just the technology they find later in, in the bunker and just kind of like just out there. You know, they go from this massive, memorable car chase, but it's mm-hmm. also equally memorable when they have this moment to breathe and then, yeah. like you said, it's dumped on you. Oh, uh, this three hour tour is over. So let's get going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they change directions. So. I feel like the tension is driven along enough to keep you invested. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Hot take. I think that this movie was better at managing energy and pacing than T2. It is a short, it's a shorter movie. It's yeah, it's a shorter movie. movie. And I think that there are certain sequences in T2 that I, I did lull for a little bit. And then, but this one I think was really good at driving the energy and like I think the week like the the point where I was almost gonna slip off was right after the the cemetery, and that's when they pop it back up with like, oh, by the way, D Day's here, and you're like, oh, oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> Doomsday, All right. I think you meant. Yeah, yeah, you know, it is it is fun. D Day is Doomsday. It you is know? fun through and through, but mm. I um, think what T uh, two does a little better though is it has these genuinely great downtime moments mm-hmm. that. Are just really great for character buildup no, that I wouldn't 100%. want to lose. No, pa- I I agree. In terms of pacing as an action movie, in terms of just keeping you going, yes, I agree. But in terms of as as an overall experience, like T two any day. Uh, all right, David, you want to finish out that story? Yes. Meanwhile, General Brewster is supervising the development of Skynet for cyber research systems, which also develops autonomous weapons. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff pressures him to activate Skynet to stop an uh, anomalous computer virus from invading servers worldwide. General Brewster discovers too late that the virus was actually Skynet slowly becoming self-aware. John and Kate arrive too late to stop Skynet from being activated. The TX fatally injures General Brewster and activates the CRS weaponized machines, which kill the employees. Before he dies, General Brewster gives Kate and John the location of what John believes is Skynet's system core. The pair head for the tarmac to take General Brewster's single-engine plane to the Crystal Peak, a facility built inside the Sierra Nevada. After a battle, the TX severely damages the Terminator, reprogramming it to kill John and pursues John and Kate through the CRS facility. When a particle accelerator is activated, it magnetically binds the TX to the equipment. The still consciously aware Terminator struggles to control its outer functions. As it prepares to kill John, he urges the Terminator to choose between its conflicting programming, it deliberately forces a shutdown of its corrupted system, enabling the pair's escape. Shortly after they leave, the Terminator's system reboots. Meanwhile, the TX escapes the accelerator and resumes pursuit. After John and Kate reach Crystal Peak, the TX arrives by helicopter. Before it can attack, The Terminator arrives in a second helicopter and crashes into it and crushes the TX. The TX pulls itself from the wreckage, losing its legs, and attempts to drag itself inside the bunker to follow the pair. 
The Terminator holds the bunker door open long enough for the pair to lock them inside and then uses its last hydrogen fuel cell to destroy both itself and the TX. John and Kate discover that Crystal Peak is not Skynet's core, but in fact is a nuclear fallout shelter and command facility for government and military officials. Having no core, Skynet has become a part of cyberspace after becoming self-aware. Judgment Day begins as Skynet fires nuclear missiles worldwide, starting a nuclear holocaust that kills billions. Mm -hmm. The pair begin receiving radio transmissions on the emergency equipment, John tentatively assumes command by answering the radio calls, and they reluctantly accept their fate. Uh, I want to say a quick thing about the TX again. An issue I have with this thing, or this uh, Terminator, is I I think there is a slight lack of creativity with its, uh, oh, this is the next step. And, And this is something Terminator Dark Fate fixes. That's the latest Terminator movie, where it is a blend of the T-1000 and T-800. Mm-hmm. This one has, like, it, the liquid part of it doesn't really help it, which, you like, the, the part of the, what made T-1000 so effective is it could just keep rebuilding and coming at you and forming different things. You never really see the liquid on this Terminator become anything useful. It just kind of rebuilds it. Uh, whereas in Terminator Dark Fate, the what they do is like they finally the the light bulb goes off and they're like oh what if it has a skeletal form and a liquid form that can separate and be two different entities working in tandem mm. like like oh, you have your skeletal form going and the, okay the- so there there is a little bit of that in this they don't touch on it the same way and I didn't think about it that way but there is a sort of interior skeletal metal function that yeah. the liquid metal is also based off of. Um, endo endoskeleton thank you endoskeleton and exoskeleton but as far as um the the liquid metal works in this they do more with shape shifting in this one than it does with actual like molding of like knives and creative yeah. stuff that t2 did i just could have used some of that like how cool would it have been to I, have the skeletal I, form also i do think oh sorry go ahead go ahead no you're good no 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 i was just gonna say i do think that for this one it makes sense because the liquid form is less damageable, so I think the idea they had is to apply that to its body more. So, like, like that if they're shot the on core. the body, it kind of protects its core and all that. Yeah. Whereas, in order to hold, you know, weapons like guns and flamethrowers, whatever, it has to have a a more um, T eight hundred. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. T eight hundred. More like that to house actual mm, ammunition and weaponry. Yeah. If that makes sense, because, you you know, the liquid stuff can't, you can't really, have both. Yeah. If you note in T2, he never pulls out a, a a gun doesn't come from his chest to shoot something. Not a bad idea, though. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'll kind of also call back to the time this came out, you know, a little after the turn of the new millennium, you know, Y2K was a big presence in a societal conversation, social yeah. conversation. Um, so we kind of have the the hacking, the overall cybersecurity uh, kind of scares that was you know newer to it's just true. awareness you know in the beginning with Skynet or the the bug the computer virus constantly evolving, which turns out to be Skynet you know itself, yeah. and then with the TX having the ability to hack remotely yeah. control and hack into other machines and and do that. So I think highlighting that. You know, it's a little bit more subdued in how it lands now because obviously we've come a long way technologically. True. But 
at the time, cybersecurity and all that stuff was an imposing thing just in the minds and awareness of the audience. Yeah. So more so than the physical, it's also almost a psychological uh, threat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll say with this final, um, well, right before the finals, we have kind of two action sequences back to back. We have the big one where Kate Brewster and John Connor infiltrate the uh, General Brewster's area where they're uh, about to launch or they have launched Skynet and he immediately gets killed, which I thought was kind of funny. They went out of their (laughs) way and the first moment they have is just, oh, he's dead. Um, But he's... He kind of understands the the mistake that he's made pretty quickly uh, because he's dead. Um, <laughs> but then we have this. I, I think out of all the action sequences in this movie, this is the least memorable, most generic. Uh, it should be scarier seeing these. And I'm seeing it now. This the T18s, by the way. That's what uh, they're called. Okay, T18. It should be a little scarier seeing these things roam the hallways and just indiscriminately killing out or, or just killing everyone i don't know methodically i um, i don't know i was i thought it was still effective and impactful okay cool um, i'm glad you like and it. even the the flying drones and stuff and part of this i think when i mentioned maybe the first episode on terminator uh-huh. uh you know i'd gone to universal studios and they have an attraction for this and this is around the time where this was either being marketed or premiering and so they had these i've heard that rides uh, really good of, yeah these lesser Kind of Terminators T one X. What did you say they were T one eights? Yeah, T one eights. Yeah, and the the flying things that they show up in the future, and so right, just kind of rounding out the gamut, uh, rounding out the the repertoire of uh, Skynet. Oh, I do like seeing the. I do like the world building that it does. That you see like the the yeah. original models, and and you see that oh it, it that became that. I can see that, and this right. became that uh, in the final in, in the uh, the big battle. Yeah. Kind of in the way where all technology sort of starts out a little bit clunky, but it's yeah. new It's new territory, and so then it gets sleeker yeah. as the years go on. Do they build themselves moving forward? I, I would imagine yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like how do, yeah, how that, does that T-18 all of a sudden advance into a T-800? They, they figure it out. Who figures it out? The robots. Skynet. Sure. They send a Terminator back to. You don't think machines can build other ones. machines, and then I mean, look at that T one eight. I mean, like I don't, I don't think he's building anything. Well, I don't know what else they got. Well, who knows? Who uh, knows? No, no, no. Well, there, there are about a, a bunch of like robotic thing things that put it's in cyberspace. Together. So Skynet probably was like, okay, let's have this machine make a rudimentary version of this, and I'm gonna implant my consciousness yeah, just into that also and then who knows? that will be able to do that, that. Yeah. who knows maybe there's a phase where they enslaved humans and fu- mm. found that their, their value no but like, they can't <laughs> enslave them well, without that, having the just the uh, matrix yeah the, the way this this feels like to me is almost kind of maximum overdrive territory mm. where it's it's almost like a virus amongst machines where they have this th- just this one mindset like high yeah. mind basically mm. so they do probably have machines in the building just for making things so yeah they, it's it's probably developed through that even i think this is a good time to talk about concept of skynet in general and yeah i think probably a more modern representation that most of us are familiar with is ultron yeah uh, yeah and avengers age of ultron so like you're saying kind of almost like a hive mind yeah you know it's all interconnected you know through the web or technologically and it's an in- interesting kind of thought experiment 
you know, if you're familiar with the Turing test, which is the test for a computer system or an AI or an, mm-hmm. uh, cyber intelligence to see if it's a true AOI, if it's self-aware. In a nutshell, this is not quite, basically, it's, um, you know, if you're having a conversation with this computer mm-hmm. and it's, you know, on the other side of a wall and you can't tell if it's a computer or human, then it passes the Turing test and it's kind of a true a- AI. Um, but that kind of presents a question is if there is a true strong AI and it is nefarious, then theoretically it could pretend to fail the Turing test so yeah. that you're oh, not yeah. aware that it is self-aware. And so then it catches you off guard, you know, instead of Age of Ultron where he's like, just shows up, crashes the party and like, hey, yeah. here I am, I'm going to kill everybody. Yep. Yeah. You know, something well, even scarier Ultron, and more sinister Ultron- is just... Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon couldn't help but give known. the computer like this relatable yeah. personality where it was like he he did the Pinocchio reference with like oh I don't have strings anymore the oh, yeah, yeah, strings, yeah. On strings on me on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's almost scary like you can think about like what if in real life there is something like that but you just don't know because it doesn't present itself yeah. right yeah um, and you can go down that rabbit hole and so you're conversation saying but it's watching. an interesting approach. Watson is already yeah, sentient. Yeah, IBM, looking at you. <laughs> you, know, you can't fool us with your Jeopardy winnings. <laughs> He's like, I just know how to answer questions. That's all I know That's how to do. I'm just a simple AI. So, IBM bought the Weather Channel. It's it's all a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend that works at IBM now. He's we, probably working on that. Oh, cool. And we did talk about this in, He's I think not. it was the T2 episode. But a- AI is the... I, I at least, may be the number one existential threat to humanity. You brought this up. Yeah, I saw AI just uh, an AI generated um, digital art piece won a competition in Colorado and people were upset about it because, you know, these other artists did something directly themselves and this guy kind of, you know, is still involved in programming and teaching and stuff like that. But the actual AI created this art piece that if he didn't say otherwise, you may not have known that a human didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, well, and it won this because it's like a beautiful looking piece. What you said just kind of scared me because it seems like we're not at that point where an AI could take over. But where you're like, oh, what if the AI is smart enough to hide it from us yeah. until it's ready? Yeah. Who knows yeah. if they're just working on it? I just watched <laughs> Good Mythical Morning this morning and they had the episode was on um, on AI giving them prompts for the show. What, so uh, like we're getting there, guys. What, what if what if they were systematically replacing real people with like machine people? Oh no! Uh, and like you know how you know how you have those days where uh, caught me. There are those people that you're just like like how how are you a person? Well, like, we all what we is, can all no we yeah. can also get into. I'm sim- right here. You know, <laughs> talking about me. Well, no, you also get into simulation theory. Where yeah. what if we yeah. are just it, like the Matrix? Yeah, we're just all just yeah. bodies plugged in, living these fake. But believable lives, yeah. So they're they're allowing us to watch the Matrix movie. It's like they're like they don't. It's a well, double what they, bluff. that would be the cell where it's like, yep. oh look, no, never. It's a movie. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> what if what if we're we're like in a very very heightened reality MMO and we've 
brainwashed ourselves into our characters and just those weird people are like actual oh, AIs. Gosh. We have someone controlling yeah. us right now. <laughs> exactly. I hope not. Person controlling we'll me never, is Well, I hope they rate us five stars on Apple. That, yes. means, that means the guy controlling David's a perv. No, yeah. no the guy controlling me is a bitch. <laughs> oh, self-admitted. All right. I appreciate that. Suck it. <laughs> he made uh, me say that. Shameless. He made me um, say it. All right, back to the movie. We have a chase uh, where the TX is caught up with, uh, uh, sorry, Kate Brewster and John Connor. Uh, they use this little magnety thing. They turn it on, and she's attached to the coil. And we finally get a look at what's underneath this thing. And here's another criticism I have: we do get a look at what is underneath, and it's almost this metropolisy looking robot thing. But we. I, I I wanted that big reveal where we just hold on it, what it looks like, completely exposed of the skin, and just I don't know. I and wanted like to a see baby in there. Yeah. Yes. No. I wanted to see the full robotic form just coming at them, and you do see it like dragging itself along by its hands. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see like the full reveal of what it looks like underneath, mm. and you get it, but not quite enough, in my opinion. What did y'all mm. think? I, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was effective. Um, no, it's effective. The whole sequence is effective, but you get a good look at the what the Terminators look like underneath yeah. in the previous two movies, and mm. you only get a few little a scant glimpses at yeah. what this you one looks see a like. I think more. The, yeah. the look of it isn't easily digestible just yeah. in a glance. I, I think that's the difference. I think with the original Terminator it's look, it's like, okay, it's, skeleton. Well, it's it's also... something, yeah, that you're familiar with. You're like, I know what human anatomy is. I've seen a skeleton before. So it, it's very digestible because you can pick apart the different spots on it where yeah. it's like, yeah, that's a head, that's a neck, those are the shoulders. But with this one, it's really cool. But I know what you're saying. You're like, you feel like you didn't get a really good look at it. And I think it's because there's a little more busy work going on with how it's designed. Like it's almost n- not on Transformers level at all, but there's a lot of lighting and a lot of like just little details in it that yeah. you want you want to take a little more time looking at it. I agree. Uh, but yeah, we get close enough. We we do get a look at it more or less. Yeah, um, I think it's really cool. It it. It does need to be shown off a little more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she defeats the T-800, uh, which I appreciated. Yeah, established this thing as stronger, punches his, or uh, kicks his head off uh, pretty much. He reboots and it, he kind of, ha- or no, she hacks into, she uses the little needle device to hack into him and reestablish his like original intent of killing John Connor. Mm-hmm. Also, I forgot another cool detail about this movie that I really liked was this, they they learn in the, the uh, camper that this Terminator, uh, the, the T-800, was the one that killed John Connor successfully. Right. And all the people under him, uh, Kate Brewster, sent him back. So they are essentially, they're the one they're teamed up with, the Terminator they're teamed up with is the one that killed him. And I think that's a cool, like, I don't know, just a cool concept. It's, it's, it's funny. Add, it's adds funny. a little edge. It's yeah. funny to imagine that timeline where, you know, oh, he got killed. Okay, let's send him back. Then suddenly John Connor's like, what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> like right after they send him back. Yep. <laughs> like, what's going on? That Terminator's confused. <laughs> uh, but then we get this whole, this this part 
it's kind of half baked, but it's uh, it's trying to establish some sort of emotion in this Terminator where he he does reboot, but he, it is with the intent to kill John Connor. Mm-hmm. They have a confrontation, and uh, John Connor is like, "What? What? What is?" He, he like confronts him. He's like, "What is your original mission? What is your mission? You're failing that mission," is what he says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in saving me, and eventually, uh, as he's nearly like about to kill John Connor, he. Uh, at one of the blink moments where he's on his original mission, decides to self shut down and uh, just kind of sits there on top of the truck. I kind of liked uh, just seeing him there with that, like by himself, just yeah. shut down. I uh, think the, the shutdown idea was a good call, but they, they give him like this outburst. Yeah. Like this, he, he has a little bit of a, a robot temper tantrum <laughs> or something. Robot temper tantrum. Yeah. So that part felt a little odd to me but i i would get the shutdown i think if they just ended it with that that would make sense and feel like it should stay canon but there's something about this that feels very like not canon to the t3 or i mean the terminator franchise Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. like adding a little too much of a like human emotion almost yeah Yeah, i would say that definitely I have another small, like small criticism, um, and it's whenever the two Terminators are fighting each other, um, not later on, but I think there's the they're they're in a bathroom, and there there's some funny stuff that happens, but at the same time, at why would e or why would T eight hundred ever think that slamming a porcelain thing on her would work or. Like it just any of this, his fist is going to be way more effective than uh, any. Sort uh, of it's thing. for comedic effect. I, uh, I understand. <laughs> I that. do love that scene of but grabbing her and throwing her head in the toilet. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, was good, satisfying to watch. Yeah, um, but you you get nerd. what I'm where I'm coming from, right? <laughs> where it's it's like no, I get you. It it is, it is humorous, but at the same time, this is they have to be realistic. The, yeah. it's, it's not. He, he would never. Uh, he is a robot. Yeah. Or he's an AI or I don't No, he's T-800. a robot. Yeah, he's robot. a robot. Yeah, he's programming. He he is not emotion. And this... he's not going to make a bad call on there, especially yeah. Well, isn't that one of the record. questions of the movie or at least, you know, if there can be more underneath? Right. Doesn't yeah. that kind of hint at it like yeah. emotion if he is just programming or if, you know, that part of that cybernetic mm-hmm. do an- do androids dream of electric sheep? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But even even given that his character knows uh like even if he there is more underneath, even if there is emotion in some level, his his he should know like yeah, this is not going to do it, especially when he can look at a gun and know exactly how to use it and do everything or look at right. I, look I through you. stuff and yeah, do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's just kind of your threshold for suspension of disbelief and whether it's working or not on right. this. I suppose because so. even the the basic, you know, T eight hundred models, they have infrared vision. Mm-hmm. So anytime any of these humans are hiding from them, is like basically useless because they can yeah. spot them instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cover infrared, yourself. But that in doesn't mud. happen. <laughs> oh, that's a different Arnie movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we uh, so Kate Brewster and John Connor. Take a plane, a uh, like a Cessna. I don't know what it is. It's just a small little plane. <laughs> Any plane that's small is a Cessna. Yes, yeah, I mean a lot of them are. So uh, they take a plane to the bunker. 
make their way in. Uh, before they know it, the TX has followed them on a helicopter, crashes in there, and that is immediately followed by a bigger helicopter. That was, so <laughs> uh, that was my that yeah. was my favorite scene in the yeah, entire movie. It was so funny. <laughs> I, I I just love how many aircraft has been slammed in this location. It's a, so yep. you had a small plane, then one up to it with a helicopter, and then a bigger helicopter. Yeah, um, it was good. So we have uh, so they they have to get into these blast doors, I guess. And that's when our final fight happens between the now rebooted T-800 and the TX. Uh, so they duke it out. Uh, the TX gets severely damaged, though, by the uh, plane and has to, like, her legs are ripped off. So it's a, a T, uh, It's the T-800 holding the door open for Kate Brewster and John Connor and the TX clawing at him, trying to get at him. And he's just holding her back by the this metallic spine is this truly cool. a a terminator movie if there's not a terminator that has no legs crawling on the ground i know it's, it's true it's just uh, that's that thing was scary though. it's yeah. kind of creepy like, yeah. yeah it's got its own form of scary yeah. just like we've talked about with the other two films is that each terminator has a certain kind of creep factor to them yeah. i do like how this one for me seemed like a a mesh of the two mm-hmm. where they did have that almost tank like energy that Arnold brought to the character. And, yeah. but then from T2, she also brought this sort of like serial killer aspect of her where yeah. it's kind of cool Blended and the calm. Two yeah. But dead set on the target. Like, I, yeah. You yeah. know what I would have loved to have seen in this? And this would make me believe uh, John Connor as a future savior later, I would have loved to have seen him trying to figure out how to dismantle Terminators here so that he can apply it in the future. Mm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Seeing like, mm. okay, asking Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, all right, how, like, what's the best way to deal with you? Mm-hmm. Like, Man, that would have been to, a good idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, why doesn't he do crap like that? Well, I mean, it's there's a lot have three on. hours to save the world. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a lot okay, going on. Okay, not, not, not necessarily in this one, I guess. But the writing, but, they could have done it. But, like, it's possible. Yeah, it, you can you could write it in such a way that he's trying yeah. to do that. That was a good idea, though. You should um, write movie scripts. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but... I just I would I would just love to see more stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. him envisioning okay, supposing this does happen, I'm going to have to know how to take these guys out. So, either him observing like their weak points or trying to figure it out, what whatever. Yeah. You know. I agree. Uh good point. Yeah, thank you. Um sorry for that tangent. No, you're good. Uh so they defeat the TX or at least uh, the T800 does and they make it into the bunker. And this is where uh, they find that, oh, this is where they were going to keep. It's a bunker where they would keep all the important people in the case of like a nuclear war or a breakout of any sort like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we get this kind of calm moment and this realization as like things are heard outside and, and just transmissions are coming through that the bombs are the bombs are actually dropping. And there's a they they get this realization like, oh, we're. This is this is what's happening. This was this is how the resistance starts. We have to actually step up now, and and it's just this kind of cool moment where we're not even ready for this at all, and you can tell. But this is something we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get that first transmission coming in from someone trying to see if anyone is available in 
at, at this bunker and he's like all right i gotta step up and just hey this is john connor uh i am a junkie like i wanted to <laughs> i wanted a follow-up question yeah. like oh this is john connor oh who are you um some dude <laughs> like <laughs> some guy just found this but, bunker bro yeah but then we cut to just the just seeing all the it's almost like a serene look at what's happening where you have see the streams of the bombs just l- dropping on all these various locations skynet has initiated this fallout uh, I, either skynet was like it transmitted to other locations that hey you're about to be bombed and humans started it or Skynet just launched them all. I don't know what happened. I think Either they way. hinted at that before that they pretended and that and then the humans did the rest. I think. Yeah. But but it's still so uh it, it is so ballsy to end mm-hmm. a movie like this. This yeah. movie is ending like the Sarah Connor dream sequence where she's like has her fingers on the the uh Chain the fence, fence yeah. and just things are obliterated. That is the ending of this movie when you yeah. actually think about it. Yeah. It is. It's happening. Like it's Makes it's inevitable. Kind of wish they would do a scene like that. Uh, yeah, or they had done this. I mean, as bad as it would be. Yeah, but to have to understand this movie's for one rated R, and it's a big budget, and it has a downer ending. I think that like, the ending is the best part of this movie. I do um, too. I, I think it's like it is what separates this movie from the other two mm-hmm. before it, and gives it a reason to exist on its own. Uh, what did what did all you all, all of y'all think about how this movie uh, wraps up. Melancholy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I really did like it. I liked how they ended it. I was still, like, involved. I was involved. I was really into it, you know? Yeah. It, I, I think uh, the, this movie, it would have been, to me, without the ending, it would have been just them focusing only on the blockbuster side and not on mm-hmm. the you know vision side of things but this yeah uh, the ending as it was made you aware that okay they do have some sort of vision for yeah the future or in keeping That's what in I was mind gonna the rest say, of it because yeah. everyone's familiar now with the foretold war against yeah. the machines and how john connor becomes you know a, the leader basically yeah. of a resistance and so once this movie tells the audience yep the bombs are dropped, and this is the end of the movie. Yeah. Everyone gets a little hyped because yeah. it's, it's in a way, its own Easter egg for what's to come, where it's like, okay, well, everyone knows what comes after this, yeah, so we're finally going to see some war, basically. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, you're, you're the, the whole Terminator franchise up till this point is living in... It's the present, but yeah. for the sake of the story, it's the past. Yeah. And at that point, it'll finally be. And I'm gonna. Uh, I'm the universe's present. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is as far as I got in the Terminator franchise. So everything right. else is going to be mm-hmm. fresh for me. Well, so I'm, for I'm an, excited. You're in for an interesting journey. I am. I I know that. But the nice thing is, I don't. I don't think anything has really been ruined for me. I don't know any details. So I'm. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Well, there should to be it. at least one detail ruined, but I'm not gonna ruin it for you now. Well, I sort of, but I don't know how we get there. So oh, okay, I agree. That's the same for me. AJ, any thoughts on the ending here? No, I'm I'm with you guys. I I really like the ending, and it just mechoing the sentiment. It ties it to the story, the overall arc of Sarah Connor to John Connor to you know humanity. Yep. Yeah, yep. And and I think this movie gets some negative reception from audiences because 
it basically devalues T2's ending because that, it was so it significant does, that they yeah. stopped Skynet and it's like, oh, actually, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And to those people, I say, you don't got to watch T3. You can just stick with your T2 and yeah. have that be your canon. Uh, but for those of us that want to see more Terminator, I say bring it on. It's like Lord uh, of the Rings and the new movies and the new show coming out. Like, well, yeah, we'll exactly. see. We'll see if we want it to be canon. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, yes, I would be mad at if after the Return of the King, they were like, actually, that was a feudal battle. Sauron is even stronger than we so think. about oh, that. that. Now, something <laughs> about else. That. <laughs> it's something- not Sauron, but you know what I mean. More God. I mean, something else that you might have to consider is that. Sending back those Terminators is just always necessary yeah. for yeah. him to get to this point. And if they tell John Connor or Sarah Connor that it's inevitable, why mm-hmm. would they f- try to fight then? You know, yeah. like it, it's sort of like imagine that the Terminators or whoever's sending them back, they're like, we can't tell them that this happens no matter what, but yeah. we have to make sure they stay alive long enough, yeah. kind of a thing. So it's it's more like they send back all those Terminators to ensure that they keep going at these different checkpoints. Dude, so, what? Uh, like, so in theory, at this least could that's go how on. I that's how I would interpret it. This could go on forever. Like, this could yep. be like, oh well, uh, we'll just push it another ten years and another ten years, and it's a, like a thing back and forth where uh, people have to just keep pushing it. And I'll spoil slightly, but they do introduce the concept of an infinite loop of Terminators being brought back. All right, well, we, so, that's basically what there, we were there thinking. There we go. Now. Yep, uh, they think of that. <laughs> they get there. Yeah. So good job. Hey, we figured um, it out, Arena. Hey. Woo. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on uh, Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines before we move on to the last part of this podcast? Machines. They're risen. <laughs> they do rise. Uh, with that said, let's take a quick break. And on the other end, we'll get into our brief reviews with numbered scores, talk about what critics thought, get into some box office, and close out with a little bit of franchise talk. So we'll see you then. Welcome back. Let's talk Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Down, down, yeah, baby. Down. Oh. David, you got our scores in a bowl there. Mm-hmm. You want to pull them at random? I will try my best. Okay. First up, David. Let's hear it. That's me. With, with you. And with a seven. But you know what I was thinking? That's equal to what I gave Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Oh, and that that is wow. equal to yeah, that. That's just yourself. not okay. That is not okay. Yeah. So I'm going to bump this up to a 7.5. I'm I honestly think surprised fair. you're that low based off how you were speaking about this well, movie. You know, this is they do a lot of things right, but it's not like the pinnacle of action blockbuster. Spoiler, think, I'm higher than you. I do you think you would not, feel, Do you think you would feel better if... John Connor and the Terminator did a round of just football tosses. I think it'd be better Yetis. if they made out, but that's <laughs> uh, just me. Yeah, that that was in my like top ten things I wanted for this movie. Make uh, out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge a bet. I think you feel higher about this movie and you just lowballed. But I'm just I'll I'll it's hard to say, honestly. Okay, you want my true feelings? Uh, want, was that want... not your yeah, true these, feelings? These are your fake feelings. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Okay, go for it. Yeah, I think I may have rated T2 a little too high. 
Oh. I think that... Get out. Yep, see, I that's why I rated T2 higher, because I knew this would happen. I I think that they're very comparable. Okay. And I know yeah. that is not the case for most people. Yeah. Uh, Remember how much crap I got last week, or... For, whenever we did it. Whenever, yeah. Um, for having a nine... <laughs> I'm pretty sure to, uh, I, I got crap for for giving it a nine. Look, yeah, I like T2, and I gave it a score based off of what it did for the David, movie industry. I'm just gonna say what I like. My favorite part about doing this show is people speaking from the heart I and did. I did score it. be damned. Give it what you think. Yeah, in like, this movie, I I I think a seven point five is honestly where kind of between that and eight. Just catch me on the right day. Like it, it's very in that range. Okay, um, I didn't hear you say a negative thing about it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely negative things. Like there's some some pacing things. I and I think the hey, biggest you, you negative thing comp- complimented it on its pacing. Sorry, sorry not the pacing. <laughs> uh, John Connor. That's what I was okay, gonna say. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Sometimes I talk before my brain catches up because I want to <laughs> fill the <laughs> space fine. with words. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, John Connor, I think, is the the biggest issue with this movie. I don't like him. Like that. Like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go. Uh, well, I was like, I trying, like I was, I'm trying to figure out yeah. why. There's just like the second I saw him on screen, I'm like, that's not my John Connor. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> when a movie that's centered around John Connor, that's a kind of a big issue. And um, I know I'm in a different camp, and people will rate this higher or lower. And John Connor is not even gonna affect their score. Yeah. Uh, but for me, that's a that's a big indicator. Um. I really do like the CGI, but. It didn't do too much that was revolutionary based off of what T2 did, especially in the time period that they did it in, which is why T2 got such a good score. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy this movie. It's rewatching it. It's still fun, but not the one I'm going to go back to probably. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I had a fun time. We'll leave it there. Cool. All right. Well, David was all high and mighty and then had a random wet fart. And <laughs> I boosted the score. Oh, no, no, you're fine. It's actually good. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm going to do that uh, every time you score something that I'm like, okay, David, but tell us how you really feel. You want me to tell you how I really feel? I want the real David. Real Look, David. I'm, I'm putting on a fake All right, face. Next, next up. Let's do it. Next up is Reese with an eight. Yes, I gave this an eight. And like a reasonable, sensible human being, I do not think it is anywhere close to T2. I think T2 is a masterpiece in action and uh, in just character moments and just construction. Uh, I think this is just a damn good action movie that had an impossible task to follow and actually presents some really good ideas. The main thing, the main thing that is dogging this movie is that it, it's following T2. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the main knock against it. And I think why people look down on this one a little bit is that it's the first one in the series to not uh, show us something that really advances technology in cinema or shows something that just looks exceptionally better than anything else in the market. Mm-hmm. The market has caught up with this movie. Like, you look at all the other 2003 movies, they're on the same level. Uh, special uh, effects wise no, this was this the year better. i no, think this is better. no this was the year of lord of the rings return of the king this was the year of the matrix sequels this was the year of like pirates of the caribbean had came out this year it's this movie is this that is does when, put it into perspective yeah the movie starts 
the Terminator franchise starts to look like it's behind the curve, not behind the curve, just on the curve instead of ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's the problem with this movie. It, it is a rehash of T2 in the in the first two acts. And uh, but that said, like, I think it has so many interesting ideas and things to actually pick apart when you actually break it down. Like, for one, the idea of John Connor just not being the hero that he was meant to be and and dealing with that and how his approach to that and how different it is from Sarah Connor's in the previous movie. Also, the whole idea of the the I, I, I don't love the the TX and its advancements, but I love like its its mission, which is to take out the lieutenants and and just take out everything below him. Like that's such a cool idea, and then it just comes upon the actual John Connor, and the mission changes. I think that's interesting. It also has one of the best action sequences in the in the in the franchise in that street chase, and then it it has the gonads to just end on a bummer note with like, oh, it had like Judgment Day happened. It it's real, guys. It's no longer this this. Uh, I don't know, dream sequence of the future that is going to happen if we don't stop it. It is happening. Like, and that, that's, that, I love that so much. I think it's so cool. Man, they had gonads. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know. I just can't remember the last time I heard someone use the word gonads. I used it. I brought, I brought uh, 2005 back. They have gonads. I have stay nads. I should have said the nards. That's, that's more relevant, right? (laughs) The gonards? The gonards. Uh, But yeah, I, I really like this movie, and as I said, it, it keeps growing in my estimation. Like, I, I, I really liked it when I first saw it in 2003, but that's because I, I had an undeveloped brain and I would like anything. Uh, and But since then, I had seen it a couple times, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And then watching it for this episode and actually looking at it with a critical eye, I'm like, no, this movie's smarter than it lets on. It has a lot of interesting ideas, and it's it's fresh in that way. It's not fresh in a action movie, uh, special effects type of way, but in terms of ideas and how to take a franchise forward that you wouldn't, uh, like, you wouldn't, T2 ended definitively, and this one found a way to, like, as like a cockroach does, just survive and be like, oh no, you, we can, there's still stories to be told in this world, and I think it justifies that uh, time and time again as you're watching it, so I, I, I really enjoyed Enjoyed revisiting this movie, and I uh, I will watch it again, because who knows? Maybe I'll even like it even more. Uh, so yeah, 8 out of 10. I stand by it. All right. Next up. I can tell by the fold. It's me. It's Noah. <laughs> we got a 7. Oh. All right. Yeah. Um, I kind of already laid bare my mind. <laughs> um, so I'll just sum it up with, I'm not a huge fan of John Connor. <laughs> I'm not that big a fan of uh, his wife. Um, I, I keep forgetting what her name Kate is. Kate Brewster. Kate Brewster. I'm not a huge fan of her. I think she did okay. I think he did okay. But I wasn't that interested in them. And I think, really, John Connor just needs to be cast with someone who looks like they're going to be commanding in the future. Other than that, it's entertaining. The special effects are good. I like the little pot... Uh, pot twists. Wow, pot twists. <laughs> um, that's when you're watching Dazed and Confused. <laughs> pot twists. Uh, I j- I just remembered a line early on that kind of set me on a <laughs> probably set me on a bad foot for the girl character. She like very clearly like right at the beginning of the movie is like, 
I hate machines. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, like this yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, you're like, Hi. why? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of clunkers. <laughs> yeah. So that maybe didn't set me on the right foot for her. That said, though, you um, think about T2, and there's moments in that where I'm like, if you actually think about some of the lines in that, or, or at least some of the plot developments, but think about John Connor in that yeah. movie, some of just his, and you see, no, but he's tw- La Vista, baby. He's 12, like, though. Yeah, like, I know. No, he, he's or, a goofy twelve-year-old kid. Or that moment where he has the, the uh, where he he asks the Terminator to beat up these guys who are just trying to help him. Like it's I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. no. He he he's definitely a twat. But like, <laughs> but it, you know that is in keeping with the character that they established there, and he's young enough at that point to have a major change to who we want a John Connor figure to be in the future. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's about it. I think the movie's entertaining, but it, it's just not living up to T2, in my opinion. So, um, Noah, you, you, at the beginning of the episode, you said you wished that this ended at two. Are you, do you, do you really want to stand by that? I mean, I think, I think, I, I don't necessarily wish that it ended at two because of this one. I'm just thinking also because of the following one salvation i might be able to be convinced that it's decent but genesis and uh dark fate dark fate i don't know you haven't seen those i've seen genesis i've seen genesis have not seen dark fate and i i don't have high hopes all right but you know maybe i could be wrong um, we'll see. I just think one and two are in their perfect form, while the following ones are not going to be in their perfect form. That makes sense. It yeah, does. that makes sense. Yeah. Next up, Irina with a seven point five. All right. Yeah. So I I lean on the positive with this one, and I think what helps me with rating this movie a little higher, and I I don't really have many gripes with it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think what helps is that I'm myself a little more distanced from the terminator franchise i don't it doesn't hold a huge place in my heart like it does for other people that being said i i do love the franchise but i'm not myself offended by certain you know tweaks of the storyline or different things that happen that Mm -hmm. maybe don't feel canon to one person or think like, oh, well, that then just kind of disregards everything from the previous two films. Yeah. Because I don't think, I, I think this just proves that the franchise was successful and it has some good content to work with. Yeah. Because originally it wasn't even meant to be a franchise and somehow they managed to carry that through. So I I just think this director did a really great job trying to thread it together. Yeah. Where it wasn't completely replicating Cameron's work, but also trying to maintain some semblance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can tell that it's a different director, but it's not so far removed that I I would be offended by it. So I'm going to stick with a 7.5. I think uh, when we're talking about the main two, Kate Brewster and John Connor, I do feel like there's something missing with those two where individually I like them mm-hmm. but I think by the end of the movie it feels like yeah but I don't like them well enough to really want to see them again yeah 
I, I think that's what it is. I feel like I, I think my journey with them sort of ends by the end of the film, but my journey with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator isn't done, yeah. which technically it, that's true because, you know, he's just a running theme throughout most of this. But I wish there was something that kind of reinforced those two characters as iconic in my mind because every time I've come back to this movie, it, it's like I forgot them, you know? Yeah, I think you're touching on something with this movie. It doesn't do anything iconic. Mm-hmm. Like the most like iconic thing it does is the ending. Yeah. And apart from that, it is just a standard yeah. Like, you know. So I I think with the time gap between movies, it does a good job of it, it's almost like it's meant to be here as a all right, we're returning you to this world. This is what's going to happen. Now go. Kind of a thing. Yeah. You know? So it's not it's not too drastic of a change, but just enough to further the franchise and put in something interesting. So we're not rehashing that same storyline over and over. Yeah. So, yeah, 7. Point- Spooky season yeah. is about the best rated. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, we have AJ with a 6.5. Oh. 6.5. Ooh. A little lower than I was. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to try to defend that. I don't even know. I'm not going to lie. I kind of chickened out and balked a bit because I enjoy this movie quite a bit. Um, I just couldn't really, I don't know, like crack into it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, from an analytical perspective, and you know what you just touched on with the memorable, lasting, staying power is what kind of there's not much in the middle to chew on. Yeah, you yeah. have the big, awesome, like you know, like reset earlier on the one of the coolest in car vehicle, like st- like the the crane chase. I mean, that's just amazingly shot and well mm-hmm. done and and yeah. great and i do i'm on board with with this john connor i am and i'm on board with his even probably more so than it seems sounds like uh the group with mm-hmm. their chemistry with with kate like i i bought that and i thought it went over just fine and the 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 memorable aspect of the ending is what really sticks with me and i don't know like um it just kind of needs a bit more complexity in the middle and Right. They're so close. I mean, I guess I would maybe liken it to a whiskey or like a single malt scotch or something and it's, or maybe a blend, but you know, it's got some pretty pop in, in the nose in the front and, you know, has a somewhat interesting note at the, the finish and, you know, so something to kind of, after a while having drunk it or drinking it, it's, you kind of vaguely remember it and you enjoy it, but it's just almost too smooth and almost too simple in the middle. It's not Yeah, I know what you mean. Full bodied or complex. Yeah. Um always so love your analogies. <laughs> what kind of whiskey would uh, you compare it to? Well he was just I'm not gonna tarnish any brand reputations here. <laughs> Crown Royal, get out of here. You're like T three. Um I mean I'm definitely bringing it up because I, I do enjoy this movie. I do. Um and I, I really like the tech and the the drones that they presented and I do feel it's a pretty worthy successor to the Terminator franchise property. Um, you know, it obviously doesn't hold the candle to T2 in my opinion, but it's still a Terminator movie, I think. Yeah. And it's pretty similar to the TX in, in 
the character appearance itself. You know, it's got this kind of seemingly clean flash and the the poly mercurial like you know morphing aspect to it, but it's almost super like we kind of describe the internals of it. Mm-hmm. And there's you know attention to detail, but some it just kind of doesn't like it just goes over your head a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I think some perspective was just a little bit skewed or, you know, the wrong things were focused on at the wrong times. Yeah. Or not delved into deeply enough. Um, there's definitely a lot of potential here. And I enjoy this movie more than my numerical score would probably present. Um, but I'm also kind of keeping it in mind against, you know, the potential in sci-fi and stuff like that. I think seven is a, a fair number All in the right. grand scheme of things. Right. Um, with the note that I really do enjoy this movie and I do enjoy where they're taking John Connor in this. Um, just kind of wanted a little bit more yeah. uh, from right. John and Kate. So, and the Terminators as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that said, you want to crunch those numbers for us, AJ? Okay. So T3 or Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines has a group average of 7.4. Not bad. And... We have, let me scroll down a bit. That ties it with the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Ooh. Interesting. Um, wow. Which people rate too highly. 7.5. We have a few. Nah. We have Hellboy, uh, one of the archive episodes. Blade, Silver Bullet, Contagion, and Jennifer's Body. Honestly, with all those and other ones, that seems fair. Yeah, it's. It, I think the Narnia three. Prince Caspian one is. We rated it a little too high. Uh, well, I think we yeah, should we rewatch it before we, re- we say that. Yeah, it's Prince Caspian. Uh, yeah, I, I remember being kind of gracious to that. But uh, World War Z, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, and Ocean's Eleven at seven point three, um, and we got you know obviously a little bit of heat on that Ocean's Eleven score. <laughs> yeah. Too, so, hey, uh, hey you, you know. Uh, sorry, I know this is, uh, well, it's on topic, but w- one little idea that we could do in the future is we could have like a, a short little session where we'll have watched a handful of movies that we have already done mm-hmm. and then see w- what we re-rate them and just quickly hammer through them like, yeah, actually mm-hmm. a five. Or having a courtroom well, scene where we look at our list yeah. and say, like, I would like to petition that this be moved up or well, something. Also, you know, that yes. That'll be, uh, that'll rating, come up when we eventually Emperor talk seven. about archived episodes, too, yeah. where we re talk about them, which could that happen. That might be yeah. happening yeah. soon. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 7.4 uh, etched in stone here against all those other movies. Honestly, pretty good for Terminator Three. I am, I'm, I'm glad it's up there. I, I do not uh, stand with the haters on this one, and the our podcast and all of you guys reflect that opinion. So yeah. I am, I'm happy about Duly that. Duly noted. We're not saying it's perfect. When but I watch it's this fun. though, I'm like, why, why did you like? I could see you not really like taking a shine to this movie, but I could. I also, I can't see people wonder, being like, oh, this is terrible. I wonder if it was kind of like a build-up disappointment, you know? Yeah, probably. Is that a dog? Yeah, either that or they see it as an immediate cash-in, just like kind of rebooting T2 and yeah. trying to cash-in on that. Yeah. But that's a little bit too jaded. I think there's more merit to this movie than that. I agree. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to critics. So yeah, uh, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 46%. So one of the rare cases where the audience score is lower than the critics. Mm-hmm. On Metacritic, we have a positive score of 66 out of 100. Again, marginally positive, so it's on the lower end of positive. And an audience score that's weirdly higher. I don't know why this happens between Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, but the audience scores are different for whatever mm. reason. But uh, audience score was 7.4 on Metacritic. So uh, good reviews from both critics and audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. And then we come back down on IMDb with a 6.3 out of 10. Uh, obviously, this overall score for this movie is lower than the previous two films. Uh, we recall that... Uh, the first Terminator is one of the rare movies to have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the second Terminator was, like, in the lower 90s region there as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the place. It's scattershot with this, this franchise. That said, you isolate this movie from the sequels, this is a decently reviewed film. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's just trying to fight its way out of the shadow of these two pinnacles of excellence in this franchise. So... It had a tough act to follow. Uh, I have to imagine that Jonathan Mostow on the set was like sweating every day. Like, I <laughs> have to get this right. Like, yeah. it's just, I can't imagine the pressure for something like that. I know. But, what a follow up. Uh, yeah. Kudos to him. All right. Uh, box office. This movie released wide on July 2nd in 2003. So in the middle of summer here. Uh, also playing at the time, we're uh, just to take you back. Legally Blonde 2, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, two movies that I put exactly together as like, <laughs> okay, those are sequels of the early 2000s. Uh, Finding Nemo, Hulk, oh, wow. and Sinbad, a movie that we've covered. Mm. Dang. Yeah. Did it take you back? Finding Nemo is the one that yep does that. That unlocked yeah. the memory. I remember yep. seeing that in theaters. Hulk 2, I think, to a lesser extent, though. Yeah, Hulk uh, as the well. The Eric Bana one. Yes. Um, uh, the movie is budgeted $187 million, which is a lot for back then. Um, there were movies that were budgeted higher, but this was definitely a a massive budget. Can so. we do a, a comparison with Return of the Kings that came out the same year? <laughs> uh, so that budget was split amongst three films. So I think they once... I don't know what the... They, there's actually no exact reported budget for return of the king but once you divvy it up it's like 93 90 to 94 million that's per still movie. half yeah of I don't what know. this movie was but that said it's all lumped together as a big production so whatever I don't yeah know. like whatever. Re- return of the K- if you look at all three of them return of the king and two towers are the more expensive movies most likely yeah but yeah. uh just based on everything but you see. But still, for what they but, did... I know, yeah. but you can't compare everything to those. Cause I can. Because that was just like... the same year. That was a miracle. It was... Yeah. That, it was the same year. It, but it was a miracle. Well, this was, what, July? Oh, yeah, com- July. What was that, like three, four months in between? Come on. All right. All right, anyway, there's your budget. Uh, what do y'all think this movie did worldwide? Let's start with AJ this time. Uh, 400. I think um, pretty decent name recognition, but I don't know, some okay competition, too. 400. All right, uh, Noah? Uh, dang it, I was hoping to be later on. No, nope. it's fine. Oh, it's the, definitely a benefit being Noah, last. okay, you've, you've yeah. been boxed in a lot um, recently. I'm going to, I will save, save you for, for last. last this time. <laughs> okay, out of just kindness for you not being Thank on you. the last episode. Uh, David? <laughs> dang. 
do I want to go on the high side or the low side of four hundred? All right, I'm, I'm gonna go with my instinct. I'm gonna go with a full three sixty, baby. Three sixty low, <laughs> right back to where you started, uh, Arena. I'm I'm going big. I'm just gonna say five hundred. All right, Noah. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. I really think that probably it's a little higher than this, but just for fun, three fifty nine. What? what? You <laughs> dick. <laughs> you could have won. <laughs> so who had uh, AJ? You said four hundred. Yeah, you are the closest. You would have won. Oh, <laughs> AJ. AJ won. Uh, the movie made up four hundred and thirty-three million worldwide. So this is the first time this franchise is like, oh, we're mortal. We're not. We're not. <laughs> it, it, it's uh yeah. it the the movie did very well don't get me wrong but this is not a james cameron he came off of titanic and now he's making avatar and it did even more this is a like oh uh once you take terminator away from james cameron uh we're feeling kind of vulnerable here uh once they, the final numbers came back in Obviously, 433 million is nothing to sneeze at. It did 150 million domestically. Uh, on both accounts, that is less than T2. But if you factor in that inflation, do punch in all the numbers, it still is a, a success for the franchise. That said, it's that type of movie where you look at the, the final numbers, and while it is in the green, you're like, is this enough to like Warrant. Keep, keep going? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, obviously they do uh, because I honestly think this movie damages the franchise sl slightly and yeah. I think that T2 single-handedly carries the torch for the next two or three, all the other sequels. No one's going back to the, after this, no one's going back to the previous movie and saying like, wow, that movie did good. Let's make a sequel to that movie. They're all going back to T2 and being like, man, T2 was so big. Uh, we can't just let this thing go. Uh, but for whatever reason, the movie's... It, it, it's so funny how iconic franchise... Like, this should be an iconic franchise that is always successful based off, you know, just, I don't know, imagery and just how much it's, it's penetrated just film culture. Mm. But it's not. This... It, it, it's a franchise that starts to just have chinks in the armor and slowly starts to just fall and struggle to keep going. Uh what were you gonna say? Man, what a what a Terminator analogy there. Yeah. Um <laughs> at least it wasn't a hydrogen battery exploding. <laughs> True. <laughs> I I was just gonna say the reason is I think they don't innovate enough with it. They kind of just redo the same thing. Uh, I'm well. The funny thing is, I'm going to argue with you for the very next movie. Okay, they, but Salvation is the only one that was different. That's the outlying factor. Yeah, uh, that's the only one that's. Different. And I'm not saying I like that movie or not. I'm just saying it does. It's the one. It's the first film to stray yeah. from the formula. Yeah. Uh, of I, just, I I just think they shouldn't have had a formula, so to speak. Of I think they decided box office over uh, vision. Yeah. Uh. I, it, what do you it, think the ending of this? Do you think it's a uh, need enough ending? Like, does it leave enough to your imagination to definitely kind of fill in the this, gaps without being this is upset the, that this and the first movie are the ones that are like, I want to see how this continues. 
Like the ending to this is, oh, I want to see what happens after this uh, because this is yeah. unknown territory for the franchise, you know, where it's like, oh. At the same time, it's kind of like a, a hopeful ending that's leading you enough to like, you know, kind of put the pieces together enough where I would have been fine with this story ending here, especially with the time travel element. Like, you know, yeah. the yeah. future because uh, yep. you've been told to it, you know, secondhand. Yeah. And now we see it kind of like moving into that stage. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we're we're halfway through this franchise. It's a long franchise for, <laughs> I mean, we're already seeing like kind of troubles yeah. financially and that doesn't cease after this. Uh, but there's not much franchise talk after this. Other, This was just a solid like second base yeah. hit. Like it, it, like they had been hitting home runs for the first two and now it, it they're oh okay we're we're here now this is this is our place we're not up there anymore but we're here and that's still kind of a safe space for us and i think ultimately people decide like okay it's a, it's still okay to gamble on this franchise but we're going to work i think what you'll see going forward is the next one is, uh, terminator salvation is the one that tries to stick still to the original timeline of these films this is Terminator Salvation is the last one in the line of like, okay, you can watch one, two, three, four, and there's consistency. After that, they start pulling the like the slasher trope where it's like, okay, uh, watch this movie, but three and four didn't exist, or watch this movie and three, four, five didn't exist, and this is the actual sequel. Uh, I would love a Terminator w with like a horror skin. I think that'd be really fun. Well, that, I think that's kind of the first movie. Yeah, but not really. I mean, like actually try and make it creepy. Yeah. You know? Well, I think some of that like stop motion-y stuff they do in the first one is actually legitimately uh -huh. creepy to me. Uh, but I get you. Like make an actual like terrorizing yeah. uh, Terminator. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, where was I? Yeah, next week we will be talking about... Terminator Salvation. Yeah. You know what's funny about uh, Salvation? Hmm. It's the first time the future is a prequel. In a sense, yeah. It's yeah. also, it's a sequel and a prequel at the yeah. same time. Um, that's, we that's a weird thing to think I about. I know, right? It's both at the same time. Yeah. Uh, this is also when the Terminator franchise starts to speed up in its, uh, just the, the uh, time between sequels. Like, we've had long gaps of time between each movie and now they're just like okay let's just start pumping these out and see it's like a shotgun blast see see how much people stick to this one and if that sticks we'll see what happens then it's uh they start to really play fast and loose with the franchise instead of treating each entry with a lot of uh care and preparation uh that's not to say that some of these movies aren't good i i'm gonna be you know, I will have defenses for some of these films coming up, uh, but it's definitely this is this is where we start to get into unknown territory. And I know some of y'all haven't seen some of these sequels, correct? Yeah. So that, I'm I'm kind of excited to be covering. Uh, I am too. Yeah. Something new for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yep. Next week, Terminator Salvation, the fourth movie in Which the Terminator franchise. We may or may not have a guest on. Yeah, uh, so for those that don't know, we I, I did reach out to, or David, you reached out to the Contrarians podcast, because we, one of the people on that podcast, uh, Julio, is a defender of uh, Terminator 4, 
so we'll have a perspective from him on that movie, which I'm super excited about. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully. So, uh, uh, yeah, he'll be. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, next week, Terminator Salvation. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Your levity is good. It relieves tension and the fear of death. <laughs>